0: The Lord is king, let the earth rejoice. Let the multitude of the isles be glad. Clouds and darkness around about him. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne. A fire goes before him and burns up his enemies on every side. The heavens declare his righteousness and all the people see his glory. In the name of the one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Well, we can finally say it. Merry Christmas! You can say it back. (laughs) Thank you, you too. With all love and goodness in my heart, I welcome each and every one of you to this very special service on this very special night. You have chosen to celebrate the Lord's birth at a church named Grace. I always tell folks who are new to grace that God knew I would need a place named grace as a constant and daily reminder to receive it and also to give it away. And Perhaps that's what's beckoned you here this night, the longing and the need for grace and knowing that it is in this holy and sacred space on the most holy and sacred of nights, it can be received. I must reassure you that it is by no accident that you are here. If any words might resonate this night, please be assured of these two things. You are not alone, and you are so, so loved. And of all nights, no, because of what happened so long ago, we are invited to receive his grace, and most importantly, to give it away. A few weeks ago, Grace was the second church of five churches who hosted a community-wide Christmas event here in Alvin that is beloved. Many of you all were here. It's called the Christmas Walk-A-Mile. And this entire sanctuary was filled to the gills. It's every priest's dream, let me tell you, to have a full church. There are about 200, 250 people here, all from the community, all from different churches. And what we did was we sang, and then each church had a part of the Christmas story. And we did that through the reading of scripture. But before we got into that, while sharing some unique things about grace with those who had gathered here, for some, it truly was the first time they'd ever been in an Episcopal church. I simply asked the congregation to look up. To look up. And then I asked the question, what do you see? What does the inside of this beautiful church on Lang Street look like? Without missing a beat, there was a beautiful little nine-year-old girl seated in the front row with her grandparents, her siblings, and her dad. She looked at me, raised her hand, and she said, It looks like an upside-down manger! I was floored in all of my years of asking that question. Not one person has ever said what this wise little girl said. I was stunned, and every ounce of me being a female priest could hardly contain herself. She got it. She truly understood. I smiled, and I said, you, my dear, are correct. So to my people tonight, I want you to know we've gathered in a manger. We are inside a manger tonight, the safest, the warmest, the most contented place on earth you could be on a night like tonight. Our manger, Grace Episcopal, is ready to welcome our baby Jesus. And we've been waiting for him, our Emmanuel. Well, I'm not sure about you all, but Luke's version of the Jesus' birth story is what I grew up reading every Christmas Eve with all of my family gathered around. We would open up the family Bible, and we would read Luke 2. We didn't read it any other time of the year, but we read it on Christmas Eve only from the King James Version of the Bible. It's the most familiar, at least to me, and it is the most endearing to my heart. The story of a king being born is told to the lowliest and most despised members of society. Does anybody know who they were? Cora, who was it? The shepherds you are correct my dear yes they were considered the worst of the worst there was nobody worse in society than shepherds that is why they spent their days in the fields away from everyone away from everything they weren't liked they weren't wanted they were the worst and yet In God's mystery and in God's wisdom, it is them, the dreaded, the lowliest, the shepherds, who are chosen as the ones the angel reveals that the savior of the world has been born. When does that happen? This news wasn't given to the governor, Quirinius, or Caesar Augustus for that matter. No but to a group of unnamed shepherds going about their business in some dark field in the middle of the Middle East. And in typical fashion, when the angel of the Lord comes down, these lowly men, as every person who encounters an angel in Scripture, they are scared out of their minds. They're terrified. And in angelic fashion the same response is given to them that is always said to any person who encounters a heavenly being do you know what that is yes fear not don't be afraid i know i'm scary but don't be afraid there's no reason to be afraid words of comfort that resound across the centuries These angels are telling us that tonight as well. Do not be afraid. Even this night, do not be afraid. What strikes me as particularly beautiful is that on this holy night, these shepherds are greeted by a whole host of angels God was showing off. He really was, because he didn't just send one. He sent a multitude of heavenly beings, and what did they do? They were serenading these lowly shepherds out in some random field. They were shining so brightly, and they were reassuring these lowly men, don't be afraid, my friends. It's okay all the while delivering the greatest news ever told to anyone. What makes this story so remarkable is that the shepherds, it was to whom the news was given, but also their response. Yes, they are terrified. They are afraid. And honestly, who wouldn't be, right? But they don't question, and they don't scheme, and they don't dismiss the heavenly beings. Instead, something in them was moved. They weren't content to just hear the news and say, oh, isn't that nice? Or worse yet, dismiss it. What do they do? They are moved to go. They are moved to travel. They are moved to find this baby that they've just been told about. So they go. They up and leave. They leave their sheep. They leave everything. And they head off to Bethlehem, which really wasn't that close. But they set out on a journey, and they find themselves in Bethlehem. They knew that they were given news that was so profoundly special that they left everything. They left everything because God had delivered this news to them. And once they arrived there, they found a new mother. This mother named Mary, keeping watch over her baby in the cradle, with Joseph by her side. And like little kids waking up on Christmas morning, the shepherds eagerly recounted the message that was told to them by the heavenly hosts. You know, the message about a Savior being born, who is the Messiah, the Lord, the greatest news ever told. By tasking the shepherds with delivering this news to Mary and Joseph, The Gospel writer of Luke is saying that the way the world has always been will no longer be. God doesn't come as everyone expects, full of might and power, wielding a sword on a white horse. You know, that's what everybody thought. That's what they thought the Messiah would look like. Instead, he comes in the form of a baby? born in a stable, with no means of protection other than his mom and dad? God doesn't come to the high and mighty. Instead, he is found amongst the lowly, in the most unlikely places, to the most unlikely people, like shepherds in a field. what I found along the way is that God is a God of surprises, working in ways we least expect, calling the structures and ways of the day into question, and ultimately declaring a new beginning altogether. And if that is where you find yourself tonight, led by the Spirit of God to a church named Grace, on the holiest of all nights, looking for a new beginning. This is the Christmas message. This is the Christmas message. New beginnings are always found with babies. And just like the shepherds, you too, because you are here, have heeded the message and have come to discover the greatest gift ever given to the world. God didn't make himself incarnate in Jesus to make things better or more bearable. A lot of people think that, but no, that's not why Jesus is amongst us. Through Jesus, God came to turn everything upside down and inside out, to resurrect and to redeem, to make beauty from ashes, to rebuild what's broken and perhaps some might say, is irreparable. God came to surprise and to reverse and to make right all that is wrong. That is why God came. In the form of a baby. Let me tell you, The gift of God's own self in Jesus is the revelation that God will provide more than we can ask or imagine. For the working out of God's reconciliation with us, his children, he will give more than we could ever ask or imagine. And Why does he do this? to save us from all manners from which we need saving from, even when we don't think we need it. Thanks be to God that tonight we celebrate a mother cradling her perfect gift in her arms. Tonight we celebrate these shepherds, those whom the world despised and overlooked, but who were so brave to heed and believe the call of God and his amazing miracle. Tonight we celebrate a mother and a father who gave thanks for what they had, and who also offered their lives to this mystery, trusting in its power to do more for them than they could ask or imagine. Well, dear Grace, we have finally, finally arrived. We've waited patiently, and he's here among us and with us. Tonight is a night worthy of celebration. And tonight, thanks be to God, we are given a savior, our Emmanuel. In the name of the one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen.